Are you a man who keeps returning to porn or other unwanted sexual behaviors when what you really want is to be free? If so, we can help. Hi, my name is Jonathan, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. This three-day workshop is for men who want to overcome any kind of sexual struggle or stronghold. Whether you're married, single, or divorced, this powerful intensive weekend will help you uncover what is at the root of your struggle and discover the man God always created you to be. Our next workshop is coming up April 17th through the 19th in Texas, in the Hill Country, just north of San Antonio. Space is limited, so call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY to register. That's 1-800-497-8748 or visit BeBroken.com. Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan, and I'm here with my friend Stephen Cervantes. How are you today? I am blessed and glad to be here. Thank you, sir. Man, I am I am super <laughs> excited about this program. But uh, but before we jump in uh, to hear all about Steve's most recent uh, world <laughs> travels, which I'm I'm convinced we're going to get all kinds of great insight from. Uh, I just want to remind you, as we do every now and then, we're a listener-supported broadcast, so the only way that you're hearing us or seeing us is because we've just had faithful and generous partners come alongside and, and uh, give to this ministry, and we're grateful for that. It's allowed us to be able to reach... Uh, listeners in over a hundred countries around the world, and we've uh, we've gotten some just great feedback and responses from people all over the place. Um, we've even had people that have made like uh, kind of like little image cards and things based on on some of our programs that are just phenomenal. We're just seeing God use this program to really cause people to think and and really grow in their relationship with God, but also in their personal integrity. So if you'd like to be a partner or give to this ministry, simply go to puresexradio.com and click on the donate link. So, Stephen, you've been to Portugal. <laughs> I've been to Portugal. Oh, what a fabulous trip. Yeah. I didn't want to go to Portugal. What's in Portugal? Who cares about <laughs> Portugal? What is that? But uh, my wife... We've just lost all of our Portu- Portuguese <laughs> listeners, huh? But I love Portugal. Anyway, my wife has a brother that lives there, and he's invited me several times. Who wants to go to Portugal? What's Portugal? I went. It was fabulous. Had this wonderful uh, trip. Portugal is on the Iberian Peninsula, mostly Spain, with a sidebar of Portugal on it. And Portugal is where they built sailing ships that sail from Portugal and some from Spain and discovered the world. You know, Portugal's older than Spain. It was set up in the 1200s. Uh, I think Spain in the 1500s. Anyway, uh, the first week or so, family members take us around. Oh, it's fabulous. We go through the Algarve, which is the southern part of, of Portugal, and it's just coastal town, coastal town, fishing town, beaches. Be- we're eating on this beach or that beach, up on this hill looking at that beach. We're on the coast. The temperature's perfect. It's winter. It's about 60, 60 to 70. It's just beautiful. So that's the first week. The second week, they they surprise us and say, we have a tour guide a professional tour guide that's a friend of the family is going to take you to places. So so I'm going to just say a little bit about the trip. Then I really want to have a deeper discussion here as part of this conversation. Mm -hmm. But just one day with the tour guide. We go to Sintra. 
which has a palace on top of a mountain mm. called Pina Palace. And it is a fabulous palace castle that one of the kings built about 1300, 1400, somewhere in there. So we go there and we see that first. Then we go see a little town called Obidos, which has a fort and aqueducts bringing water in from the old days. A little town with cobblestone streets and narrow, you walk in, and just a great little town, Obidos. Then he says, I'm going to take you. Now we're going up the, we're going north of Portugal. And he goes, let's go by a beach here because this is the beach where the largest waves in the world are. Really? Wow. There's one in Hawaii they surf and one in Portugal, Nazare. So he takes us to the beach and we go look out. We walk over here, walk over there and go, wow. <laughs> and he goes, hey, I've got this monastery I want to show you. So we get back in the car and we go to Batalha Monastery. Oh, my goodness. A father king starts to build this cathedral monastery to God. He dies. His son adds another piece to this cathedral. He dies. His son builds more on this cathedral. Now, the latest son's building wasn't finished, and there's no roof on it. Mm. And these are huge buildings that are fabulous. They're old, but they're monuments that you just walk in, they take your breath away. And mm. the people have spent three lifetimes building and mm. working and, and making a statement to God. You know, it just blew me away. So then then I'm looking at the map and I said, Fatima, that's Fatima. And um, I had talked to a family member earlier and he said, you don't want to go there. There's anything. There's just a town there. And I said, no, no, I've heard of Fatima all my life. I was raised Catholic. And so I've been Catholic, Protestant, Christian. I just love Jesus. I don't know what I am anymore, and I don't care. I just love Jesus, okay? But Fatima is part of my early history and uh, where Mary appeared to some kids. So I said, I want to go there. So we went there, and it's just this, um, there, you know, it's a big cathedral and a, and a little church and candles, and it's um, and just an, a place in history that I heard about. I want to see places that I've heard about and read in books all my life. I want to go there and I want to stand there. It was just amazing to stand there in this place with such history and heritage, you know, and people of faith, whatever you believe, there were people of faith that went there, you know, and uh, that's one day. Mm -hmm. We did all that in one day because we had a tour guide and you knew where to park, where to go, shortcuts, how to get us there. Just a phenomenal trip. Mm. So that's the upside. But I want to tell you about something else that happened. <clears throat> Turns out the guide, a great guy, kind, loving, sacrificial man, he's an atheist. And um, <clears throat> he said, my mother was a woman of faith, a believer, and my father was an atheist, and I'm an atheist. Mm -hmm. So I said, oh, this is going to be interesting. We're going to spend all day together for several days. And he goes, you know, you believe in apples and snakes that talk and whales that swallow people and virgin birth, and you really believe all that stuff? Mm. And, and you know, I, I don't know about you, but I have doubts. Uh, I believe with all my heart, but I still have a brain that goes, how did that work? Mm -hmm. Did that make sense? I, I don't know how that worked. I have doubts. 
And his doubt started working on me a little bit, you know. And I thought, well, yeah, I guess there's some kind of dumb stuff. You know, something that doesn't make sense. And a guy that doesn't believe, he would go, that's dumb. Um, so we just, I'm starting to, to back up a minute and think about this encounter. My wife jumps in and she starts telling her testimony. I mean, it was just beautiful. I'm sitting in the back seat. She's just witnessing to the guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how great was that? <clears throat> but... I'm thinking some of the stories in the Bible are really incredible. And doubt rises. And and if I'm a regular guy, then I think doubt rises in most of us at times. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you show up? Why did this happen? How come? If you're such a great God, then how could this and that? And I asked you. And, you know, so questions come up <clears throat> in me. So I decided to start listening to the heart of this tour guide. Because he said stuff like, hey, maybe you should pray for a parking spot. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, that's good. When we were at Fatima, he said, oh, there's such a peaceful feeling here. It's like, oh, there's some of God still in this mm-hmm. man, you know? And even when he yelled, it was like a bad traffic moment. He said, Jesus Christ. I thought, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> because isn't there a verse that says, for whatever reason, Jesus is glorified, mm. right? Because some of them were trying to say things one way, and the apostles, there was a difference. And there's a verse that says, whatever, Christ is glorified. Mm. So I thought to myself, that man is proclaiming Jesus Christ right now. He doesn't even know it, you know? But it came out of a deep place in his being. And so, so then I start thinking about this trip and what I'm seeing, because it's just amazing. These fabulous chapels, cathedrals, Mm -hmm. if you will, that have been built. You think about what people sacrificed in terms of labor and effort to make a monument to God, Mm -hmm. right? A giant cathedral. The Lisbon Cathedral, in my mind, is only second to the Roman Basilica in Rome, St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. The one in Lisbon is fabulous. I mean, huge marble columns holding up this giant building and ceiling and and altars all over the place. You know, these were people that loved God. Mm -hmm. You know, this is no small sacrifice to take your time, your energy, your effort, your back and build something that still proclaims to this day there's a God, and I'm standing. These rocks are crying out mm-hmm. to the statement that there is a God. Any thoughts you're having? So I, I want to respond especially to the comment about doubts, and I think it's important for listeners to hear this because I think sometimes, you know, um, uh, let's be honest, Stephen, we, even through this program, have kind of a a, a quote-unquote position with people, right? I mean, oh, these are the guys that are kind of experts in this field, and they talk with authority, and and they've got they've got some know how in this area. And sometimes the expectation, even with like pastors and others, the expectation can be: listen, if you've if you've gotten to into a particular position mm. in your Christian faith, then you clearly could never actually have any doubts in that position. Mm. And I think it sets us up for this us and them kind of mentality. Like Mm. there are some on the Christian journey that are sort of on the in crowd, right? Right. They got special revelation. They know. And then there's the rest of us that are kind of like, 
well, man, I'm kind of feel like a regular guy that some days I'm going, my heart is all in and I'm feeling complete connection. And other days I'm like, where are you? And I don't know. And it makes me think of this passage in, in Matthew, you know, in Jesus, it's called the great commission, right? Okay. You know what a lot of people miss before that? And for years I had missed it because the the emphasis obviously is on the commission that Jesus gave, right? Go into all the world, make disciples, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, yes. all that. But you know what it says before that? It says that the 11 disciples were on their way to Galilee, headed for the mountain that Jesus had set for their, for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And held back, not sure about how to worship, about risking themselves totally. Mm. Now, think about that. Mm. You and I have never physically seen the resurrected Jesus. Okay. These are people that were literally standing as close as you and I are to the Jesus that had just been crucified days before. And they doubted. Hmm. Can we maybe have some grace for ourselves <laughs> to say, you know what, it's okay to feel some of those feelings and to wrestle with them. Mm. But but what we have to be careful of is then making, now we're going to make our whole foundation of our faith on our doubts mm. rather than on the resurrected Jesus, right? Amen. So anyway, I just Amen. wanted to say that about doubt. The doubt is That's a, good. The doubt is actually a part of growing faith. It's not excluded from it and and it's interesting because where i could have gotten messed up with doubt i went deeper with god with doubt yeah you know yeah and and it's sort of tricky because we have two competing beliefs we have science and we have religious belief belief in in god and christ and and sometimes they sort of be seem to be at odd, and you got to pick one or the other, you know. Um, anyway, so that's happening all around us. People are going, "Ah, you don't need God. You just need science. You can figure everything out. You don't need God." It's like it's so empty. Science is so empty. Yeah, you and and that's why people struggle that. with a snake, a virgin birth, a, mm. a, a great fish, because they're going, "Well, science could never. I mean, that would never fly in the scientific." realm right so on this quest of doubt and and exploration i hear in this man's heart love uh, peace pursuit i it's almost written in his heart Mm -hmm. whether you acknowledge god or not your heart wants to love and serve and sacrifice it's you could see it if you look around and so Everywhere I went, I saw the beauty of God in man's attempt to serve God or glorify God or even thank God. They built monuments to thank God yeah. for what he did. Um, and, and then let me flip that a minute because we went through some cities and graffiti is bad. Mm. I mean, beautiful play buildings on the, on the as far as you can reach up, you know, like street levels, how you can go. Kids are painting. And it's just like, oh, I don't like that because that's not beauty. Mm -hmm. But then I thought, even those kids are crying out, see me, Mm -hmm. look at me, look look what I did. I left my mark. I made a difference. And I thought, even those that are not building something, 
They're making a statement. They want to. Mm-hmm. We want to be seen. We want to be loved. We want to be known. We don't want to die with a worthless life. I made my mark, you know. Um, it sort of bugged me, and at the same time, it's like God interpreted it for me mm. that it's just kids crying out. They want to be important. They want to be valued. You know. I think about the art in these churches that people made for God and to represent God. And I think about how Christ is celebrated in these buildings. Now, lots of them are not full of people. Right. I know. But I think it was just, you know, if you go looking for God, you're going to find God. If you don't want to find God, you're not going to find God. We got to stay in Pusada Monastery. It's, a, I'm sorry, a monastery, a monastery. And it was built in the 1200s. And uh, it'd been taken over and sold for commercial purposes. And and it was such a peaceful place, giant fireplace. We sat there in the evening and thought. Is that the one that you said none years. of the young people wanted to stay in? Yeah. <laughs> we talked to the people at the front desk and this monastery's up on the hill. It overlooks the city. And the the hallways are, you know, 15, 18 feet wide. They're huge. And there's 51 little rooms where monks lived, in essence. Mm-hmm. And you got to stay in those for the night. And I think about the people that walked these halls and the prayers that went up from this place and the beauty of the grounds. It sat up on a hill. But they said the young people want to stay down in the city. They don't want to come up to the old places. And it's like, oh, my goodness. You know, what a <laughs> blessing. You know, we saw a, 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 um, a church where 42 Templar Knights were buried. And Templar Knights are Knights of the Temple, the, the Temple of, of Christ, the Church. They're Knights of, the, of Christ, in essence, is what they are. And, and they pushed back the invaders, and they fought for Christ. They wore those big red crosses on, mm-hmm. their, on their chest. And they were always honorable people who fought, who stood for truth, and I got to stand and look at the, the the stones that marked each of the 42 that were buried there. And, and there, there's a part of Portugal's history that's sort of an ugly part where the Catholic Church was abusing the people and the government threw all the priests and nuns out and said, you guys are just ab- becoming powerful and abusive. You're not helping the people. I think about that, and then I think about the Templar Knights who gave their life to protect the land, to push back the intruders with, that were bringing in other beliefs and, and, and pursuing other gods and how they stood as men of integrity in the fight that mm. gave their life for the call. Mm. I just love that, you know, that, that there are warriors that stand for truth and monuments and people and lives. And there's something to be said about that for for what we need in our culture today. We need Templar Knights. Yeah. You know, we need those who are going to say, I, I want to stand for integrity. I want to stand for faith. I want to stand for the Lord Jesus in the midst of all of the competing and combating influences that are going on in our culture. And, and maybe there can be, um, you know, generations from now um, some— some memorials to those those men and women who are willing to to take that stand in our culture today. You know? That's great because I think one of the things that I'm hearing from your from your trip is 
um, there is something significant to being able to have something that you can look at and be in yes. that is a reminder of what has come before. Yes. Right? And really the faith of the people that were pursuing God. Because that's what I take all these all these monuments as sacrificial offerings, statements, mm-hmm. you know, of, of me connected to history with people that have gone before. We couldn't stand here except for those that have gone before, right? I mean, we sort of stand on the shoulders of those that have no Christ, no apostles, no believers, no us. Right, right. right. So, so then I come back and I realize that God's going to be celebrated. Whatever anybody believes, God will be celebrated. His people will cry out. His buildings will cry out. His rocks will cry out, we're told. Mm-hmm. And then I come home and I get on a call with some gateway men, men who attended our weekend. And they said stuff like this. I'm in the fight for my life, mm-hmm. but I'm standing. And I'm thinking about Templar Nights now. One of them said, I'm taking hits, but I'm not quitting. Mm. My wife's been lashing out at me in a lot of pain, but I'm standing. Mm. And I've decided to take my stand and stand. I'm going to stand. I came back over on this side of the water, and there are warriors standing for Christ, Mm. standing in difficult moments, standing against pain, standing... For what's right, you know? Yeah. What I love about that is, and that's the, that's the message of the gospel, right? Is that we don't, um, we don't stand because of our ability or our righteousness or our strength. Because I think about these men that have come through Gateway, right? Yes. They've come through because... Their walls had broken down. Their mm. their lives had been invaded. They had been, in in essence, slaves to the enemy, you know, in their brokenness and their sin and their pornography and the whatever else. And yet, because of God's power, God's ability, God's love, He can reach in, into those broken walls and say, "I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this man out." And I'm gonna I'm gonna make him a Templar knight. I'm gonna I'm gonna redeem him. I'm gonna turn him Amen. into somebody that can stand. And so I, I love that that um, these these lives of monument are not a monument unto those lives. They're a monument mm. unto the one who can rescue them, right? Unto the Lord that can yeah. change them. So I figured out Christianity isn't about figuring out the details of all the stories. Mm. And in fact, I was asking God, well, what am I supposed to think about these stories? This is, good. This is kind of touching me here because he said, I included the stories for the children, mm. the boat story, the whale story. The, I made it an apple and a tree so the kids could understand the story. Mm. I thought, wow. I parted the sea. What a story, you know, mm-hmm. that we can tell our children, our children can tell their children. So Christianity is a doorway, and you can look at this world in black and white. And this good man of a tour guide was looking at a black and white world. But I live in a color world. Mm-hmm. He has no idea where I live because he doesn't live in the same place. Mm-hmm. So I come home, I'm sitting in my office, 
And the guy walks in. I'm so full of love, he says. I think, wow. He said, there is a master plan. And I'm walking in the master's plan. Mm. There is a master plan. There is a way things work. That's Eldridge. He said, Mm. there is a way things work. There is a plan. And it's the master's plan. Mm. That's good. So I say now, I'm made in the image of God. I'm made for a love story. My heart is part of a love story. I choose to live a part of God's story, his master plan. This isn't a science story where I can explain everything. This is a Jesus love story. And God is pleased with those that pursue him. Mm -hmm. He loves our offerings, whether they're purity, whether they're buildings, whether we sing a song of worship, whether we create a piece of art, whether we love the unlovable. God is pleased with his people, and I love to be in his presence. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that there's been... uh... There's been quite some treasure found in Portugal that you've that you've brought home for us, and I want to I want to flip uh, what you just said to the listener, so that the listeners out there, that every single person that's hearing this, can hear this spoken over you that you are made in the image of God, Amen. That you are made for a love story, Amen. And then and then to ask yourself is. Do you believe that your heart is part of that love story? Will you choose to live as part of God's story? This is like Stephen said, this isn't a science story. We're not gonna we're not gonna have all the details figured out. We can go down that trail as long as we want, and you're never gonna come to all the final conclusions. But this is a Jesus love story. Amen. And and I think that's the most important thing. Like even as we struggle with doubts, right? Even as we struggle with all of the the dots that we may not be able to connect scientifically, mm-hmm. um, we can know that we have a risen Savior who loves us, who's mm-hmm. made us for a purpose. He's got a plan. It's the Master's plan. Yes, and he's he's made us part of it. Um, so I think there's there's peace that we can have even in the midst of our doubts. There's joy that we can have even in the midst of our questions and pain. Um, and I love what you said, too. There's there's purpose that we're made for, right? We're That's made right. to stand for something. We're made for, for uh, we're made to be builders. We're made to leave something behind for the generations that come after us that can look to what we've left behind and go, there's there's something bigger to life than the circumstance that I'm in right now. That's right. And it's and it's good. And I would say to the Templar Knights of today, mm-hmm. the Gateway men and the other men that have followed us on this podcast, even if we've never met you, we are knighting you. Mm. We are claiming to be those that stand for the Church of Christ. We are today's Templar Knights. Mm -hmm. So thank you for serving and standing. And I say that blessing to the men, and I say the same thing to the women. Mm -hmm. Those that stand for Christ reflect his beauty and glory. 
And so I would I would just close with this: if you're if you're uh, if you're feeling weary, you know, because the battle is long, the battle is hard. Mm-hmm. We would love to encourage you. We'd love to hear your story. We'd love to know how we can come alongside and and uh, and support you in your journey of pursuing Christ and uh, and His plan. So reach out to us at PureSexRadio.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at PureSexRadio. And uh, keep pressing on. This this journey's long, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love having you as a, a part of this program. We look forward to seeing you back here again next time. Thank Take you. Care. Bye. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.